Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to reu hotels and resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. I just want to say, I'm so sorry. A girl should never deserve to grow up like this or be treated like this. I I believe that little boys and little girls should have a mother and father that love them. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for being here and listening. This is good for me because I actually, although I put these out every single Monday morning, uh, I haven't actually recorded one in um, two or three, at least two or three weeks because I spent some time in Pakistan and and Dubai recently. And so because of that, I front-loaded the podcast and recorded a bunch of them in a row over the course of one week, like three weeks ago. So needless to say, I've kind of missed recording them. So I'm back on schedule now with you guys. Uh, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy kind of in the the hectic moments of my life. I enjoy slowing down and reading your questions, which is what we do here. I read your questions that you send in to grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Walk through these emails like we're just two friends, just slow analysis. I don't have notes and books and quotes in front of me. So I'm going to walk through it like you asked me uh, if we could talk. You know, we're in the cab of a truck. You say, hey, man, can we talk about something? Um, I have been talking all day. In fact, I've been, I've done two podcasts this morning, other people's podcasts, plus after midnight, my radio show. So now um, I'm a little, I'm a little bit hoarse, but I kind of live in a in a constant state of hoarse voice. But here I am diving into the first question. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go randomly into these questions. The first one says, letting go. The question reads, hey, Granger, my name is Maddie. My question is, how do you learn how to let go of things? How do I let go of someone that I know I need to let go of, but I just keep wanting and wanting to go back to be with them, but I know I shouldn't. It's so hard to let go 
when you just want to go back with that same person, but everything is telling you to move on and you know that you should. It just hurts to see things and people change and it's so hard to let go. I hope you understand what I'm saying and thank you for taking the time to read this, Maddie. Maddie, okay, diving in. The first, first observation from your email is that you started out by saying, how do you learn to let go of things? But in reality, the email is actually about a person, one person that you're having trouble letting go of. And you know you should. And you said everything is telling you to move on, which is probably your instinct. And it's your friends and family and everyone else around you is probably saying, you got to let go. So I'm not going to do anything different here. I'm not going to tell you that you need to hang on because you already know you need to let go. But that's not your question. Your question is, how do I do it? So practically speaking, just practically, let's, let's say because, because your heart is involved and you're, you're connected with this person uh, intimately and you know you shouldn't be. So because that's kind of clouding your vision, understandably, it would mine, it does anybody else. Because that's clouding you, let's, let's not use the scenario of a person. Let's use the scenario of an actual thing or addiction or habit or something like that. So let's say this. Let's say you were trying to quit or let go of eating Oreo cookies, right? It's not that far-fetched of an idea. I think we've all gone through times in our life when we're like, man, I need to quit snacking on sweets so much. So I'll, I'll lay out the scenario for you. You want to you let go of eating Oreo cookies, and yet you keep them in the pantry or you keep them on the cabinet right there on the, on the counter, or you have uh, somebody living with you in your same house that continues to buy them in the grocery store and puts them in the cupboard, right? That, that's one scenario. So you wake up every day and you're walking through life and you're going, man, I need to let go of Oreo cookies, but here they are on the counter or the pantry. And it's right, there's your keys to your car and you're going to work. And right by your keys is this cookie jar and there's Oreo cookies in there. That's very difficult to let go of. It's right there. All you have to do is grab it. And, and you might say, oh, so that's a matter of self-discipline or willpower. Agreed. But you have to set yourself up for success. And that's not doing it that way. Here's the other scenario. I need to let go of Oreo cookies. So I'm going to eradicate my house. Any, any cookies that are left in the house, I'm throwing them in the trash and they're going out to the, to the street. Okay? I will not buy any at a grocery store or at a gas station or a convenience store or anywhere else. I'm, I'm not going to buy Oreo cookies. I'm going to tell the people I'm living with, mom, dad, friends, sibling, spouse, whatever, kids. I'm going to tell them, please, can you do, can you do me a solid here? I need to, to let go of Oreo cookies. It's bothering me that I keep snacking on them. It's become a habit and I want to let go of it. Can you please, out of your love for me, can you, can you help me with something? Can you not buy Oreo cookies and bring them home to this house? Because it's affecting me. It makes it more difficult to let it go. Okay? That's simple. That's simple. And, and that is a, a way to set yourself up for success. Out of sight, out of mind. You go to grab your keys. And guess what? 
there's apples in the cookie jar instead of Oreos. So you gotta, you're, if you're kind of hungry, you want a snack, you grab an apple. Why am I saying all this? Because I think that you might be, I'm, I'm going to bet that you might be dealing with something similar with this person in terms of they're on your Facebook feed or your social media, Instagram, TikTok, whatever feed. Or you have a friend that's still having dinner with this person all the time. And you're seeing them, maybe, it's a, maybe you're seeing them at work. Some kind of scenario, there's still Oreos in the cookie jar around you. And if you want to let it go, if you want to set yourself up for success, you need to get this out of your eyesight, okay? Get it out of sight, out of mind. Can you do it? Can you quit Oreos with them still in the house? Sure. It just takes extreme willpower and self-discipline. And I don't want to put you through that. I don't want to go through that. I want to set myself up for, for success right off the bat if I'm wanting to let something go, okay? You know you need to do it. Block them on Facebook. Block them on Instagram. Tell your friends. Sit them down. It's like, can, I do, can you do me a huge favor? I'm trying, I'm trying to avoid this person because my heart is still attached and I need to let go. Can you do me a favor and, and, and try to not bring them around me? If you know I'm coming over, would you mind warning me? Or can you, can you tell them, or can you please just do me a solid and, and let me know if that person's going to be around? Just help me here, okay? Simple stuff, quitting Oreos. Next question seems a little more serious, more detailed. It says the, the, the subject line says prophecy and eschatology or the gospel. Hey, Granger, my name is Cody. I'm 27 years old from Southern Illinois. So I had a dream the other night that I was standing in a desert and a little ways ahead of me was Jesus and surrounding him was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I don't know how I knew it was them, but for some reason, I just knew who they were. Jesus never spoke to me, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were telling me I need to go preach the gospel. How do I know if this was a dream from Jesus or if it was just a random dream. Either way, I feel like I need to do what they were telling me to do. After all, that's what Jesus wants us all to do. I talked to my pastor about it, and he thinks it's truly from Jesus. As I said, I'm feeling called to do this, but I still have a ton to learn. I listen to the Bible on audiobook every day while I'm at work. I work at my local community college as a landscape maintenance man, second shift. So I'm the only person on the entire campus, but I'm still in the Old Testament right now. However, I'm getting close to the New Testament. I'm currently in Ezekiel, but I'm having a hard time understanding and comprehending the Bible. My pastor said he would help me comprehend it better. I do have this podcast I listen to that gives you a 30-minute synopsis of each book to help you better understand the Bible. I also have a book called The Ultimate Bible Guide that explains each book better. However, I also feel very compelled to get a degree in biblical study as well as Bible prophecy and eschatology. I listen to podcasts such as Prophecy Pros and Encounter Underground as well as read books by Jeff Kinley and Alan Didio. I guess what I'm asking is, do you think I should try to pursue the prophecy and eschatology degrees or just stick to the gospel? My wife thinks her and I should learn as much as we can First, through our Bible study together, 
as well as at church before I start pursuing those things, but she is very supportive. But I feel as though the rapture will be here sooner than we think, and I don't want to see a bunch of people get left behind. Thank you for your time. May God bless you and your family as you enter into ministry. Also, I look forward to seeing you in Marion on July the 27th. Sorry for such a long email. Have a great day and Godspeed. Okay. Thank you, Cody. Sorry for my raspy voice here as I'm reading your email. Um, thank you for your, your careful thoughts and ideas. And I'm going to walk it through. I'm going to walk through this. Um, and I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you uh, brotherly advice. I'm going to give you advice as though me and you are friends because I feel like we are. I want to think of us as friends, okay? And I'm setting that up because I also want to give some tough love here, and I don't want it to sound uh, like it's, it's harsh or criticizing or bitter in any way. Um, first, I want to say just, just overall, just first analysis, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it would be very odd for those four men to be standing together uh, because they came in different time periods. They were not all four disciples. Uh, Luke and Mark um, never walked with Jesus at all. So you, you could understand it's, it's a little odd. Mark would have been a disciple of Peter, and Luke would have been a disciple of Paul. Neither of them walked with Jesus. Interesting, if you think of it in terms of your dream had them all together with Jesus. Listen, not saying that, not, don't read too deep into that. I'm just saying that's the first thought. It's interesting. Um, the second thought is, you said they're speaking to you, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are telling you, you need to go preach the gospel, right? Well, that is not, that's not prophecy. In fact, that's just the Great Commission. And, the Bible is going to tell us the same exact thing. So in a way, it's good that you're, you're lining up truth that's already in the Bible, right? So that's how you can confirm that something is right, because you can always confirm it. There is no new prophecy. There's no new command. There's no new information that no one ever knew before coming to you. That's never going to happen unless you could back it up clearly with the whole of Scripture, Okay. So you're getting a command from this dream that is aligning with the Bible, the Great Commission, go forth, make disciples of all nations, right? That's the Great Commission. Um, and then digging further into this, so right there you say, do you think that was just a dream or, okay. Um, digging further into this, you immediately go from that, how... You're supposed to go and share the gospel. You go directly into, you're still working through the Bible yourself, and you, you have a lot to learn. In fact, you haven't read any of the New Testament yet, I'm assuming, and you're, you're only a little bit way through the Old Testament in Ezekiel. So the, the first thought is, how, how are you going to preach or teach or share what you don't fully know yet? So first step is equip yourself. Equip yourself. Learn. Pump the brakes. Take your time. Be affirmed by people in the faith that have been doing this for a long time. There's no rush. There's no rush out of the door. You don't need to be running off and, and sharing the gospel that you, don't, that you haven't even read yet. Okay? So that's friendly advice, and 
just out of love, pump the brakes here. There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot to learn, a lot to study, uh, a lot to be affirmed in, and a lot to equip from. Then we get to another part of the question, and that is the prophecy eschatology question. Eschatology, for people that don't know, is study of end times. So you might have heard me before, and by the way, I do, I do not know these podcasts that you mentioned, and I do not know these authors that you mentioned. That's okay. I don't know a lot of podcasts and a lot of authors. But we're going to dive into your idea of should you pursue prophecy and eschatology degrees or just stick to the gospel? Well, you, first of all, you don't have to choose between the two because the gospel is always going to be a heavily studied thing that you do for the rest of your life. The gospel is going to infiltrate everything. There is no eschatology without gospel. There is no prophecy without gospel. Otherwise, it's just straight heresy. The gospel needs to infiltrate everything you do. You don't choose, should I do a little gospel or should I do a little prophecy? Because if you don't have gospel, you have nothing but satanic lies in this other hand, okay? I'm just, that's straight up what the truth is. So you don't have to choose. It's all going to go together. The gospel is always going to be there. It needs to always be there. But if you've heard me on this podcast before speak about eschatology, I am concerned with that word and with with becoming obsessed with eschatology. I'm concerned with, let me speak clearly, I'm concerned with people worrying about the end times. Because we are, in almost every sense of that term, living in the end times now, and we have been since Christ was born and he ushered in the present age of the kingdom. The end times officially began when he ascended into heaven, right? And so the end times started in the first century. So people have been living in the end times for 2,000 years. It's very important to understand that. And you say, well, Granger, all the prophecies are coming together like rumors of wars and pestilence and, and storms and disease and mark of the beast. And this is all coming to fruition now. And I say, I'm concerned because that, that stuff has come to fruition many times in history, first of all. And you could argue me and you could, you could, you could push against this, and that's okay. This is, not a, this is not a disagreement. I'm just voicing a, a concern that I think people get caught up in that stuff. Like you, you're saying, you feel as though the rapture is going to be here sooner than we think, and you don't want to see a bunch of people get left behind. I promise you, brother, I promise you, 99.9999999999% chance you will die on this earth without seeing the quote unquote rapture that you're talking about. So, are you going to concern yourself with the with the 0.0000000000001 or are you going to concern yourself with infiltrating the gospel in you and carrying out the great commission? sharing the good news with the world. Because that's what you're commanded to do right now. 
And people, what I'm concerned about is people start worrying about the zero, 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 one percent, and they get caught up in looking for signs and trying to use Revelation as a roadmap, the book of Revelation as a roadmap to look, look when the Antichrist is coming and he's going to be here for, for three and a half years here and then, and then he's going to reveal himself. And like you start reading that as a roadmap and you start getting off track. You start forgetting the whole purpose of the gospel. So let's not do that. You could, great, you want to study that 10 years from now after you've equipped yourself and you've, you've completely armed yourself with the gospel and you, you're very well read and you, you're good at proselytizing and evangelizing and you feel the Holy Spirit and you want to study a little bit more about eschatology, cool, 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 cool. I'm talking 10 years down the road, but don't get caught up in it now because it could become an idol to you. It, be, it can become an obsession. Just check Twitter. People are all over this stuff. Like, end of times, mark of the beast, antichrist, Christ is coming back, white horse, here we go. It's like, man, how long do you think people have been saying that? And their focus is just getting, Jesus would say, stop looking for signs. <laughs> stop it. I am here now. The kingdom is here now. Okay? Christ is present with us now. Stop looking for him coming later and start realizing that he's here now. The kingdom is with us now. Preach the gospel that way, not the eschatology way. Take a break. Be right back. If you want to get a hold of me for some reason, maybe get a video message from me, you could do that through cameo.com slash Granger Smith, or you could download the Cameo app, C-A-M-E-O, and search for me, Granger Smith. It's a great way to maybe get a last-minute gift to somebody, maybe a birthday present, maybe maybe a, a baby announcement. I've done a lot of those. Um, happy anniversary. If you're like, man, what can I get this person? They kind of have everything or there's nothing they need. You can get me to give you a customized video message. And I've been doing this for a long time. Cameo is very efficient. And it's just a it's just a good organization, a good company that I've worked with since probably 2018-ish. It's just part of my daily routine is I check and see if any, if I have any Cameo request. I pull up the app. And then it says, hey, Granger, um, it's my son's birthday, Luke. He's turning 11. Can you wish him a happy birthday? These are some things that he likes, and these are the songs that he likes from you. And I see it right there on my screen. And so then I say, what's up, Luke? It's Granger. I heard from your mom. I heard you're turning 11. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you for being a fan of the song Diesel. And I hear that you like four-wheelers and you like um, hunting dove or whatever it might be. Anyway. Um, that's just a scenario that I love to do, cameo.com slash Granger Smith, or download the Cameo app, search for me, Granger Smith. My book, Like a River, is coming out August the 1st, 2023. So getting so close from the time I'm recording this, I'm one month away from that release. So it just so exciting to to finally get my full story out there into the public. So you could either read the book, you could listen to the audio book, um, you can get it on Kindle, wherever you love to find books. You could pre-order that right now, grangersmith.com. I'm using as kind of the hub that will kick you out to all the different 
sites like Barnes and Noble and Amazon and Walmart.com, all that kind of stuff. You can go to GrangerSmith.com as the hub to all that. But I'm excited because this this is a book about my journey and my story since we lost my son River in 2019, and then moving forward to how we walked through that journey, how we got to where we are now. And I think a lot of y'all will be surprised because it's there are some things in this book I've never talked about in public in any other forum. So when the book comes out, we'll be able to discuss further. But meanwhile, be looking for Like a River wherever you love to find books. You could pre-order it now, which helps me um, to get it kind of kick up the algorithm. And then it'll be on the shelves August 1st. Thank you all for listening. Back to the podcast. All right, back to the questions. If you have one for me, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to jump into this one. Subject line, how do I know she's the one? Hey, Granger, my name is Ty. Basically, I'm homeschooled, and I met a girl at homeschool conference, that just and she just felt different. We didn't talk, besides in a group for a little bit. She felt different than any crushes I've ever had before because she was someone important. So I went home and prayed about it, asked for a sign. And it had also been my birthday birthday recently, and my grandmother always gave us a prophetic word in our birthday cards. And I had forgotten about the card, and the next day after I prayed, I remembered I was supposed to open that card, and in it, she talked about me throwing out She had seen me throwing out my rope to catch a bunch of roses and how she thought it meant I was ready for a girlfriend. I always feel like I'm not good enough for her, though. I'm 17. She's 15. I don't have any way of contacting her, and I feel like the age gap is an issue for a few years. I will see her again next year, and I don't know if I'll have something to do about it. So, yeah, just wondering what your advice would be. Okay. Ty, thanks for emailing, brother. You, you are 17. Okay, it's interesting. Before the break, we talked about prophecy almost in the same way. And I got to say, I got a lot of emails about this kind of stuff. It comes in a lot. Um, I, want, I want to give full respect to Grandma. But Ty, do you need, let me ask you this just as a friend. Do you need, if you like a girl, for grandma to give you a birthday card with a prophetic word about you throwing out a bunch of roses, catching a bunch of roses, to tell you that you are justified in liking the girl? Really? No, 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 no. No. Your grandma doesn't need to tell you that it's okay to like a girl or it's time to start dating. I don't need to tell you that it's okay to like a girl and it's time to start dating. You're 17. Your body is changing and, and you are you're in to girls, maybe for the first time. M- maybe this is the first time and that's okay. Maybe it started at 12. Maybe it starts at 25. Either way, no one has to tell you when it's time to like a girl. Not a birthday card from grandma and not Granger Smith on the podcast. You know it with everything inside you. You, you lay your head down on your pillow at night and you go, I can't stop thinking about that girl. 
She's special. She talks different. She gets me. I get her. Our conversations are great. I really like this girl. Regardless of what a birthday card says, right? Or some prophecy. That's, that's, that's weird. That's weird. All respect to grandma. That's weird. You don't need that, Ty. You like this girl. It's okay. There's no rush. I think that's what I'm, I'm here to tell you is there's no rush. There's no need to worry or think about, oh, no, there's an age difference. I'm 17. She's 15. That's normal. Here's the good news. You're going to see her next year. You are going to see her next year, right? Write her letters. I don't know. Write, write a few letters to her. Um, you, you said you have, don't have a way to contact her. That's okay. Look, get a notebook. Get a notebook. And this will be good, a good practice even for you, regardless of you see her, if you see her or not. It doesn't matter. Irregardless. So take the notebook and just say, dear girl, I've been thinking about you. I like you. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. And don't you don't have to give it to her. In fact, I wouldn't. That's kind of creepy. But if you married her, you could. I actually did that with Amber. I wrote her. I wrote several pages in a notebook um, and didn't give it to her until the night before our wedding gave it to her. So pour out your feelings that way. It might help you understand them a little more. And then when you see her next year, find some time to pull her aside. And I don't know when or how this is going to work when, you, when you're going to see her, but find some time and take a walk in a park and just say, can I tell you, can I tell you something? I just, I really like you. I'm, I'm reading your words, Ty. I, re I really like you. And we've talked for a little bit. And I just, you're different than any crush I've ever had. You are different. You, you feel important to me. And I've prayed for a girl like you. And I'm, I'm just awkward and embarrassed because I've never felt this way before. And I wanted to reach out to you and just, just tell you. And I, I hope you feel the same way. But even if you don't, I just I wanted to get it off my chest because I think, I think you're really cute and, and really interesting and funny and smart and, and all the all the qualities that I like in a girl. And and if you're not that girl for me, then. At least I know a little bit more about the girl of my dreams. I just wanted to tell you that. And she's either going to go, oh, that's so sweet. Um, I don't see ourselves like that. We're just friends. Or she's going to go, I've been thinking about you too over this last year. And I was hoping you'd say something like that. By then, she's 16. You're 18. Uh, you take it slow. Continue that path. But, but that, that's it. There's, there's no like crazy, weird mumbo jumbo type, you know, secret sauce. It's just being honest, being vulnerable. That's it. More stuff. Let's see here. How about if I jump into a, this, this looks interesting, right? Um, Subject line says, how to stop hating mom. I wonder what this says. Hey, Granger, I'd like to stay anonymous. I need help moving past the situation from my past. I need, a help. I need help moving past the situation from my past. And I'm not sure how to do it since it's something that I think, I'm, think about almost every day. 
A little backstory, my mom and I have never been close. When she had custody of me as a child, she would drop me off at daycare and pick me up at the end of the day every time. I was always respectful when I was with her and tried not to cause her problems. Anyways, when I was 16, I'm now 20, the last thing my mom said to me was, I hate you. You are such a C word and a B word. You are the biggest regret of my life. This was the day I got confirmed at church too. So the day that I was supposed to be really, that was supposed to be really special turned into one of the worst days of my life. So my question to you is this, how could I move past this that has been on my mind for the last four years? Deep down, I want to forgive her and move on, but it's not necessarily the easiest thing to do. Any advice would be great. Thanks for all you do, Anonymous. Anonymous, thank you for being vulnerable and, and opening up in this way. And, and I want to say, first of all, before anything, I just want to say, I'm so sorry. A girl should never deserve to grow up like this or be treated like this. I, I believe that little boys and little girls should have a mother and father that love them and that respect them and that selflessly raise them. But that is not the world that we live in. We live in a fallen world where sin has infiltrated the earth. And what are we going to do with that? What are we going to do with the fact that we live in a fallen world? And there aren't, there aren't always perfect families with perfect mothers raising perfect daughters. That, that is not the case, okay? I'm going to leave with that and just say I'm so sorry. And then I'm going to say this. You are so strong <laughs> for thinking through this and for listening to podcasts like this one and writing me in, in a way where you are you're really being so selfless about this email itself and just saying, listen, I, I want to forgive her and I want to move on, but it's not the easiest thing to do. That's what you're saying. And, and you're underplaying that this is really hard. I have not been in your situation, so I, I cannot imagine. And I, I would imagine, if anything, that you're underplaying just how difficult this is, okay? So all that being said, you forgiving your mother doesn't have anything to do with her accepting that forgiveness or changing or being someone different at all. You forgiving your mother is a release from you. It's a, it's a letting go of holding on to a grudge. So by you letting that grudge go, you're, you're opening up your clenched fist to her and you're saying, I am no longer holding a grudge against you. I'm no longer thinking of you as the perfect parent because no one is perfect. And I am hereby letting go of anything that I might have been holding against you because I know that we have a sovereign God. Okay, you, you don't have to say that because I don't know if you believe that, but that's what I believe. We have a sovereign God that is always working for the greater good, allowing certain things to happen to us, including evil things, for always for a greater good. 
Now, to prove that is not a contradiction at all of a loving God that allows evil to happen. It's super easy to prove that that's not a contradiction. I don't have to prove that God, I don't have to prove what his reason is. I only have to prove that that kind of scenario is possible. And you could use any example. Here's one. This is a bad analogy, but I could take my child to to a person in a, in a room with a light, and I could sit my child down in a, in a chair, and I could have that person inflict pain on my child, and I could stand there and watch it happen as my child is in pain and maybe a little scared. And I could pay that person to inflict the pain and a little fear into my child. Is that awful and evil of me? Does that make me an evil person? What if I told you that I was taking my child to the dentist? And I was doing that because I love my child, not because I'm evil. I love my child, and I know that the the end result of this momentary pain and momentary fear equals straight teeth in the future, which will result in a huge benefit for my child. Because I love my child, that's why I do it. So that small scenario proves that there is no contradiction by God allowing evil to happen to us for a greater good. I don't have to tell you what the greater good is. All of that being said to you, Anonymous, is that you can forgive your mother without needing her to reply or change or fix anything or heal anything. This is for you. You can call her up. You can write her an email or a text, send her a letter, whatever it might be, and just say, Mom, I love you because you're my mother and you carried me for nine months inside your body. Now, I know we've had our disagreements. I'm not saying it lightly, right? But I just want to let you know, regardless of what has happened, I love you and I forgive you. And what you're saying is I hereby release any kind of regret or anger or remorse or grudge that I hold against you. Here's the kicker, Anonymous. Here's the kicker. You, you don't have to believe that because a big part of you is going to go, no, I don't forgive. I don't release my grudge. I'm still angry. How dare a human being treat their, their own flesh and blood child like my mother did to me? A part of you is going to say that, and I can't make that part of you stop. But the, the rational part, the, the front part of your brain is going to say this and write this and type this and text this. I forgive you. And, and as, as your brain says it and, and your heart is screaming against it, you say it, you put it out there, and you, you send the message, and you let your heart catch up later because I promise you that's the beginning of healing for all of this. There is so much pain you have caught up with, this, with your mother-daughter stuff going on here. And it, it's going to begin with you just going, you know what? I'm not going to hold this anymore. I'm going to let all this go. I'm not going to hold this anymore. I'm not, I, I'm not perfect myself. I've messed up many times. 
I am not someone that needs that 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 thinks I'm on a higher standard than anyone, right? This is you and me talk. It's all of us. And so I'm going to release that. I'm going to go. You know what? I'm going to hold. I'm not holding on to this anymore. I forgive you, mom. Now she's going to go. She could respond and go. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you say. You are a B word. You are a C word. You go. Well, that's not surprising that you would react like that. But it's not something you did that earned forgiveness, right? It's something I did with my own personal grace to you, mom, because you're my mother. I'm releasing you from my own grace. I'm saying, I forgive you. What's crazy is how this relates to the gospel of Jesus and us. And that's another story. Let's continue on another question here. This next one says, hey, Granger, I'm 21 years old. I'm a guy who would like to stay anonymous, but I still need some advice on how to handle a situation with one of my friends. I met her at college last fall, and we've become good friends, but recently my feelings toward her have changed, and I have a big crush on her. She's a Christian, which is the biggest box for me. I know we can't really date because she's going on a stint with crew in Slovakia for a year and other reasons to where we wouldn't work long term. And if I'm only if I've only got to date if I'm only going to date to marry, then we shouldn't date to guard each other's hearts. I'm not sure if I should talk to her about this. Just try ignore, ignore my feelings for now or what I should do from here. Thanks anonymous. All right, buddy. Let's see. Let me uh, kind of decompress this. Sorry about my my uh, scratchy voice, guys. Um 21 years old, you have a girl that she's a friend, but now you're feeling more than friends. But the problem is she's about to take off for a year. Um, You're worried. Okay, I got it. So when we say, when we say you should guard your heart, you should protect your heart. That doesn't mean don't ever say you like a girl right? There's guarding your heart from heartbreak or from hurt is, or because you're too young, all of those reasons are way, 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 way down the road after you say you like them. You got to speak up at all costs at the beginning. Otherwise, you're going to be full of woulda, coulda, shoulda done. And this sounds like a pretty cool girl. Got to be honest with you. Um, it sounds like she's got a lot going on. It sounds like she's very selfless. She's uh, she's a Christian. She's going to Slovakia for a year. That uh, sounds pretty cool. You don't find them like that too often. So I don't think there's anything wrong, anonymous. I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with you having coffee with her. And saying this, the very beginning. These are the kind of stories you hear often that people end up getting married, right? It's like, this is how it starts. I think you, you'd be honest and you say exactly what you told me over coffee before she leaves to Slovakia. You say, can I tell you something? I, I, I don't know how to say this in a way without me feeling embarrassed, but I, 
but I need to say it because the the feeling is overwhelming. But I like you. I think you're super cool. I think you're you're somebody that I could see myself with. And I also see that there are problems with me saying this right now because you're about to leave for a year. And I don't know what that means. And maybe you don't like me at all. Maybe this is all just, maybe you could shut it down right now. And maybe partly that's what I'm looking for is for you to say, oh, honey, I don't have any kind of feelings for you. But if you do, can I be your pen pal while you're in Slovakia? Could I be someone that, you know, once a week or so, you hit me up on an email and you tell me how things are going and I tell you how things are going over here. And maybe I could be someone that helps encourage you. Maybe you're going to be lonely in Slovakia and I could be there to just kind of give you a little pick-me-up. If not, I just wanted to tell you because I, I needed to get it off my heart. And if you are that someone, then I'm excited for you to come back and see where the next coffee date's going to be. Listen, dude, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think I don't think that's moving at a at a pace that's too fast or or that's unguarding your heart. That's like opening up the security gates of your heart. I don't I don't see that. So I, I think that there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, just being honest. Now, if you said this, if you said, "Look, I love you and I want to marry you." And I don't feel like I should ever say that to someone that I don't feel like I'm going to marry. And I do feel like I'm going to marry you because I love you. If you start saying that, now you're not guarding your heart, right? But all we're talking about is coffee and just saying you like her. You think she's cool. You'd like to get her no to know her a little bit more. I don't, think I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I appreciate you you opening up that story with me. And, and I wish you the best. Thank you. all. I appreciate all you guys for your questions. And uh, that's all the time we have. I'll see you next Monday. Yee -yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to reu hotels and resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long. 
which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.